This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. Sometimes people think, let's get diversity in the door and let's just go out and get all the diversity we can. I'm actually one of these people that believe work on your inclusion first. You could spend a lot of money and energy and resources attracting diversity to your organization. And when they get in, they're like, I don't want to be here. They don't value me. They don't see me. Hello, and welcome to SG2 Perspectives. We are your hosts, Kelly Richard and Trevor Durin. We like to host shows together when it's a particularly important topic. And today we're going to do our best to share our experiences as individuals and maybe more importantly as a company around diversity, equity and inclusion. And at its core, this work, and it really is work, is about building a workplace, a business and a community where everyone feels safe, has the space to be authentic and feels a sense of belonging. It's hard enough for a company like Vizient to do this type of work, but it's even more complicated for health systems when it can quickly go beyond just their employees and include the role of health equity and how health systems serve the community. Today on the show, we have a real rock star in that space, Vizient's own Chief Culture, Diversity and Inclusion Officer, Monica Davey. Thank you so much for being with us here today, Monica. Thank you so much for having me. It would be great, Monica, to hear a little bit about your background and your current role with Vizient. So I am five months into the job here at Vizient. And prior to joining Vizient, I spent 26 years in the federal government. The first 15 of those was as an employment lawyer. I represented the federal government in lawsuits where employees felt they weren't being treated fairly. I did that for a good 15 years and decided I really want to get on the proactive side of things and got into conflict resolution and diversity and inclusion. And so went over to a smaller agency within the Department of Health and Human Services called the Food and Drug Administration, and then went over to the agency that everybody loves to hate, the Internal Revenue Service. I was deputy CDO and then eventually the chief diversity officer. My last five years in the government, I spent at the National Credit Union Administration, and I was responsible for diversity within that administration, as well as diversity within the credit union system and supplier diversity. What attracted me to the Vizient job was the combination of culture with diversity and inclusion. In my two previous roles, I really tried to make this case that if you really want to make strides with diversity, equity, and inclusion, you have to address culture. When I saw this opportunity where a company that really got the connection, I was eager to join the team. And I hope we can spend some time, Kelly, because I love what you said in your introduction about DEI, just making sure we can level set and define those terms. That would be great. That was my next question. <laughs> awesome. We at Vizient, we define diversity as everything that makes you who you are. So all aspects of differences. Equity is about getting people to equal outcomes based on what they need and where they are. And that's where we have a lot of conversation. I know we're going to talk about health equity today, but if you think about equality is treating everybody the same, no matter what, and equity is considering what people need to get to that equal outcome, right? Envision a family going on a bike ride and you have every member of the family given the same bike. The daughter is in a wheelchair. She can't get on this bike because it's not made for her. The dad is too tall for the bike, so he's not going to have a really comfortable bike ride. And the son is too short to reach the pedals. If you think about that from a health equity lens, it's getting people to optimal health or access to good health based on where they are. 
Inclusion, we define as creating an environment where everyone can contribute and where we're leveraging those differences to get the best out of those diverse perspectives. And the end result of all that is belonging. If we do all those things right, diversity, equity, and inclusion, then we get to the place where people really feel like they belong. I love working with you, Monica, because you make me feel so connected to this work and you just help me understand how I can be a part of it. Now help translate it to health systems, Vizient's members. They're bigger, more complicated organizations than we are. We've already talked about how tricky this work is and how it immediately goes from just their employees to the communities they serve. Help kind of translate that to how this work is playing out across our members. If we are at any health system, big or small, no matter where you are in the country, what you're trying to do is to meet the needs of those in your community from a health perspective. When you think about these health systems, you actually don't want people walking into your door, right? You want them to stay healthy and not be in your hospital. That should be their mission. If you want to meet those needs, you need to understand the needs because the needs are going to be different based on different pockets of the community. What better way to understand those needs than to have the diversity within your health system reflect that of your community? I network with a lot of chief diversity officers within our member networks. And this is the key thing that they're focused on. Diversity, equity, and inclusion within the health system. Yes, it's important. But ultimately, it's about how can we meet the needs of the people in our community that are walking through our doors that need help. And understanding the diversity of those needs, figuring out the nuances and the intricacies of these communities because they are different. It should be number one on the minds of any CEO of a health system. How can we better understand the needs of the community that we're trying to serve? Let the diversity within your health system, your hospital or your facility, reflect that of the community. Because what's going to happen is when people walk through that door and they see people that look like them, There's an assumption that's made. This is a bias. This is the way our brains work. There's an assumption that's made that when somebody looks like me, that they can understand me and a level of trust is built. And you need that level of trust when you're trying to meet the medical needs of people within the community. Yeah, completely agree. When you're working with health systems and they're trying to address this within their organizations, what types of things are they doing? What are the initiatives that you're seeing, whether they're really mature or maybe just starting out? There are two focuses. One, there's the internal focus and then there's external focus. So this internal focus, what we just talked about, wanting the diversity within your organization to reflect that of the community, that's a huge task. That's what we're doing right now within Vizient and SG2. It starts with attracting diversity within your health system making sure that you have the type of organization or culture where people want to come and work. And when you do that, you have to make sure you look at the way you hire, the way you recruit. We tend to hire and recruit people that are like us. It's the easiest thing to do. You have a job opening, you go to somebody that's in your network, and most of the people in your network look and think like you, right? They went to the schools that you went to. So you have to broaden how you recruit. So hospitals are thinking about this too. They want to get that diversity in. So broadening where you're recruiting from casting that wide net, still making sure that you're hiring the best. But when you get that diversity in the door, you want to make sure that you have the type of environment where people want to stay. So attrition is top of mind. Retention, making sure that you can hold on to people, making sure that you can develop people and people can feel as though they belong when they get there. So those are the things that we're doing at Vizient. And I'm sure 
hospital systems are doing the same thing. Externally, this whole idea of health equity and when you talk about social determinants of health, it's bigger than how a patient or a community member presents to that emergency room or that urgent care facility or that annual checkup. Do they have access to housing, safe housing? Do they have access to good quality jobs or even equal pay? You have to go back to education because getting that access to education is what gets you access to good employment and equal pay. I found that my colleagues who are sitting in positions like me in health systems, they have to think broader than just how we collect data and making sure the diversity in our hospital reflects that of our community. They're partnering with the community to address homelessness, to address access to education, access to jobs. And there are some health systems who are actually taking this bold step of actually addressing racism because they know that racism makes people sick. There's data and studies out there to show that having to deal with systemic racism decade after decade, that is causing sickness and illness in people. And if we're not addressing that, then we're not going to get to this place called health equity that we're all striving for. The other thing that I kind of zeroed in on that you said was just data. I think you're right. They're starting to collect data, but collecting isn't enough. How do they actually measure the success that they're having with these initiatives? Right. Collecting is not enough. Analyzing the data and slicing it and dicing it along demographic lines. That's really key because we can manipulate data to support anything that we want. But we also have to think about, and I heard a fascinating conversation about this the other day, that sometimes we rely on artificial intelligence and we think it's going to make how we look at data its objective. And it really isn't. When you think about, there's still humans that are building the formulas for the artificial intelligence. And we know that the human brain is biased. So if we're building these formulas for artificial intelligence, we still have to be cautious about what that data potentially could be telling us. The question you asked was, how are they measuring their success? Ultimately, we want to see our healthier communities. They want to see less disparities between a Black woman that comes into their facility and delivers a baby and losing it as opposed to a white woman. And we know that Black and brown women, when it comes to infant mortality, that it's higher in communities of color. Why is that? We know that there's data out there that shows when hospitals or health facilities respond to women when they complain about being in pain, that there's actually data out there that where people believe that black and brown women have a higher tolerance of pain. So that when a black or brown woman complains that she's in pain, they're not really listened to as opposed to a white woman making the same complaint. You want to see the gap in that disparity. That's how you measure whether what you're doing is working. You don't want to see that disparity in how people of color are treated in a facility as opposed to people who are not people of color. Help some of our listeners think about how to get started with this work. You said you've only been at Vizient five months. I feel like we are already working hard and I feel very engaged in the work that we're doing, you've done a phenomenal job kind of pulling the boat away from the dock. Health systems think about what are some of the first steps? Do they need a chief diversity and inclusion officer? How can everyone get engaged in this work and be leaders in this work? Where I think any organization should start, and Vizient started with this before I got here, define your culture. Because sometimes people think, let's get diversity in the door and let's just go out and get all the diversity we can. I'm actually one of these people that believe, work on your inclusion first. You could spend a lot of money and energy and resources attracting diversity 
to your organization. And when they get in, they're like, I don't want to be here. They don't value me. They don't see me. So work on your culture. And I love what Vizient did. We started off with defining our values because ultimately that's what you want to do. You want to be able to hire people who believe in your values and can live out your values. And you can find diverse people who want to do that. But defining those values first is critically important. Yes, you should hire depending on where you are, your maturity. Having a chief diversity officer is important. But if you don't have that, assign it to someone who is passionate about this work and has some skills in strategic planning and change management and political savvy and communication, all those things that are critical to getting this work done. It's not just enough to be passionate about the work. And sometimes we think, let's find somebody who's passionate. Let's find someone who's lived experience. That means finding a black or brown person or LGBTQ person or person with a disability and put them in this role and they can do it. It takes more than that. It takes some skill, whether you hire a chief diversity officer or assign it as a collateral duty to someone in your company, do that. First, define your values and your culture, commit to having an inclusive culture, assign this to someone who is passionate, but has the skill to make this work happen because it takes time and patience You have to meet people where they are. That's what we forget. Everybody's not in the same space. And understanding that you have to meet people where they are is really important. And then put together a plan as to what you want to address. Set some goals. And we know what gets measured gets done. If you don't put some goals around it and something that's measurable, then it's not going to happen. Another easy thing to do to create that inclusive culture is to start employee resource groups. A lot of people in this space start there, and it is a good way to start because it's nice for people when they come into an environment to feel like they can connect to others. Having employee resource groups is another good place to start. Build on that a little bit. What's an employee resource group? Employee resource groups are voluntary groups where employees who share a common interest or a common bond come together. At Vizient, we just started our fifth one a couple of weeks ago. We have a group for women. It's called Gender Equality. We have a multicultural group called Lead 2040. We have a group for veterans. And then we have a pride group. And just a couple of weeks ago, we started the group for our employees with disabilities. And it's called Visibility. And these employees come together around their shared interests. They focus on building allies meeting the needs of those employees in that group, whether it's around career development or interviewing skills. But Vizient, we use these groups as a resource. Like, How can we create a better environment for people within this group? How can we create a better product externally? Yeah. And something else that I think is important that you had mentioned, sort of the level of investment that we put into this. Our CEO and the C-suite, they hired you as a member of the C-suite versus, I've been at a lot of organizations prior to Vizient where they've kind of talked about it as, oh, this is a nice to have, we'll put this together and people feel good about it. If you want to participate, you can, but it doesn't change the culture if leadership doesn't go all in on it. Can you say a little bit about that and sort of the level of commitment that the leadership needs to make to make it happen? Sure. A lot of times there's a huge debate out there amongst other chief diversity officers. Where should you report? Should you report directly to the CEO? Should you be in HR? There's all this debate out there. From my perspective, what's more important than where your box is on an org chart is how much commitment do you have from the top and how much access 
does your chief diversity officer have to the top? That's what's critical. At Vizient, we started this work with not just our CEO, but everybody that reports to the CEO, defining their own personal why and why they're committed to diversity and inclusion. We're committed to it because it makes good business sense. It's a strategic imperative for us. We know that diverse and inclusive companies outperform non-diverse and non-inclusive companies. We have decades of research to prove that. That's Vizient's why. We want to meet the needs of our members. And our members serve diverse populations. So we define that why up front. But then every single senior leader define their own personal why. And they have admitted they're on a journey and not everybody is in the same place. But having that commitment from the top is important. We also have goals around diversity and inclusion and creating parity among women and people of color. And those goals are tied to our C-suites long-term incentive pay. They're putting their money where their mouth is in this. And also every single ERG, we call them diversity network associations here at Vizient, have an executive sponsor that's a member of the C-suite. That demonstrates commitment at a corporate level, commitment at a leader level, and commitment within our ERGs. We wanna just make sure that it trickles down. You get all that commitment from the top Now we have to focus on middle management and the diversity space. Sometimes we call that the frozen middle where you get all this commitment from the top, but your middle managers are like, we're just trying to get the work done. You all can talk about all that up there. That's the challenge. And we're dealing with that now. We're making sure that our middle managers also can define their why, that they also are committed and actually believe that this is going to help my team operate better. This is going to help me get to better solutions. And let me just make this plug in here that many of us were raised in homes and in communities where we were told, you don't see color, you're colorblind. I don't see your gender, I don't see your disability. I say that's a bunch of hogwash, that if we really believe that diversity makes us stronger and better, and that we can get to better results through these differences, then we have to highlight those differences, not shy away from them and pretend that we don't see them. Changing that mindset And our middle management team and getting them to understand that a strategic focus on diversity and inclusion can actually get them better results is something that you have to also commit to. I think that that's a great point. It's getting people to come forward and have an authentic conversation. Hey, this is what I think and maybe it's wrong and be okay saying that. Wrap us up. What is the risk for health systems of not doing this? We just lived through it, right, with COVID. We saw what happens when we don't pay attention to the fact that health disparities can have a detrimental impact on our communities. COVID hit communities of color harder because of these social determinants of health. And so we have to think more holistically about how we approach health equity. And health systems, they don't want their hospitals overrun. They don't want to have workforce shortages. And if we are not prepared to meet the needs of our communities and how these social determinants of health impact access to health equity, which is what we all want, then we're gonna find ourselves in this position again. It's unfortunate that as a country, we had to go through what we just went through the past year, not just a COVID pandemic, but the racial injustice pandemic as well. But those two things came together. And I really think it made hospitals realize we can't excuse ourselves from this conversation about racial equity because it's deeply intertwined with health equity. And they have to pay attention or they're going to find that they're not going to be able to meet their mission of what they're trying to do. And that's to have and to create healthy communities. Great. Well, 
Thank you so much, Monica. This has been extremely helpful, rich conversation, and we hope to have you back soon. All right. Thank you so much. That was awesome. This has been another episode of SG2 Perspectives. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and don't forget to rate and review. We'd love to hear from you. Please connect with us on LinkedIn or Twitter at SG2 Healthcare. You can also reach us via email at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Reach out and let us know what healthcare trends are most important to you. Please also listen and subscribe to our colleague, Dr. Tom Villanueva's Modern Practice Podcast on Vizian's Medical Leadership Channel. Tom discusses key healthcare trends through the clinical leadership lens. You can find it wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.